every vaccination brings us closer to getting out with our friends again. Closer to another hug with mum. To doing things we always love. To getting back to a match with my son. Closer to life feeling normal again. The COVID-19 vaccines have had the same safety checks as any other vaccine and will help protect you and the people close to you. Getting vaccinated and following the public health advice is our best way out of this. Every vaccination brings us closer together. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. You're all very welcome this morning, uh, whether you're here in person or watching online. A very welcome, or a warm welcome to our speaker, the Reverend George McClelland. You were here with us earlier in the summer, and you're very welcome uh, with us again. By the way, I have announcements for the week ahead. On Tuesday at 7.30 p.m., there will be a church committee meeting here in the church, followed by a short session meeting. On Wednesday at 8.45 p.m., there will be a, a midweek prayer meeting online, and the login codes can be obtained from myself or David Scott. And this Saturday, the Girls Brigade are preparing for a fun day for explorers and juniors in our car park, <coughs> and a, a movie night for seniors and brigaders in the third Rutherland car park. Parents have been notified via email, uh, so if anyone needs to confirm their attendance, do let our captain uh, Rebecca McConnell know as soon as possible. And then just looking for further ahead with both BB and GB, we are planning to resume in October, uh, but the date has still to be confirmed. Next Sunday, GB, uh, 19th of September, our vacancy convener, the Reverend Colin Harris, will be back with us. And in that service, he will be conducting the sacrament of baptism. And just a, another announcement, just in terms of the uh, Presbyterian hurls, if anyone uh, is subscribing to that, there are some hurls in the vestibule for collection. In the week ahead, if anyone requires any pastoral support, uh, please contact our clerk of session, Mr. David Scott, who will make contact with the convener. And just to remind you all, just to continue wearing face coverings and social distancing, uh, I'd maintain that uh, till you are clear of the building. And those being all announcements, and I hand you over to the Reverend McClellan. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you again. Thank you, David, for your welcome and for those announcements. The psalmist writes in these words, Psalm from Psalm 118, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. We're going to uh, sing to God's praise the Psalm 100. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice.
as we come to the Lord in prayer. Let us all pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you to praise your holy name this morning. And as the words of the psalmist says, to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Our Father God, we recognize right from the very beginning of our service that you are good. Other gods in this world uh, are not good. They are very selfish indeed. And our Father God, we recognize that uh, you are the one who has brought this world together and you saw it and it was good. And our Father God, we come to you today to lift up our praise because we realize how good you are because the, the mercies that are given to us new every morning, uh, our Father God, they're fresh. They are adequate. They meet all of our needs. And so, our Father God, you sustain us. You give us food for the table. You have provided us with families to live in. You've given us work to do. You've given us the countryside to, uh, uh, to look at and to uh, see that it is all good. And we want to thank you, our Heavenly Father, for all the benefits that you give to us. If we were to number them, they would be more than the hairs on our head. They, our Father God, they, they, the blessings of each day, we could not number. We come to you to, this morning as, a, as people gathered to, together, we have come from our own homes. We have come from maybe a, a, a week that has had turmoil in it, busy week, a variety of things to be done. And those things are now in the past. But our Father God, we pray that as we come this morning, we might be able to concentrate upon you, not think about what has happened last week or, or even try to plan this week in this service our work is to to know you in this service is to bring before you all that is worthy our father God you, you have already spoken to us that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man we have maybe done that this week and we have been disappointed we have uh, that trust has failed the promises were broken. The thing didn't happen. Friendships have been um, strained. The issues of this past week have tumbled in on upon us. And we are glad to come this morning to know that with you, you are the constant, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your love is always there. And we thank you for that. Indeed, you are good. And we thank you for uh, the Lord Jesus, our Father God. We thank you that he has uh, come into this world to be uh, come in flesh just like us. And our Father God, uh, as he has come in flesh, so he did not um, sin. He was without sin. And we say to ourselves, that is good. Father God, in knowing that, we would want to come to ask for forgiveness of our sin from the uh, times when we have been tempted and then we have yielded to that temptation. We have not done what we should have done. We have said words that were totally unkind, said in anger, and we have thought things that were not good. Our Father God, we thank you that when we come to confess our sin, the scriptures tell us that you will forgive us our sin and that you will remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. 
You will drop our sin into the deepest ocean and you will remember it no more. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, if we remember that sin or we're caused to remember that sin by the evil one and that does damage to our relationship with you. We come today, Heavenly Father, to uh, not only ask for forgiveness, but to know that forgiveness. And we thank you that there are many promises in your word that tell us that when we do confess you with our lips, that you will indeed honor that confession and that you will remove our sin from us. The very reason why Jesus came into this world was to take away our sin, to bear our sin upon himself, that we didn't have to pay for it but that he paid for it all. May we, uh, Heavenly Father, just have that confidence in the scripture and in our prayers that when we confess our sin, you are able to remove it from us. And we stand complete. We stand with the robes of righteousness upon us the robes of Jesus. You see Jesus, your son, rather than, than us or our sinfulness. And because of that, then we become part of your family. Be with us as we bring to you our worship. May it be that we would be able to uh, sing these glad songs of salvation. May it be that we would enter through the, the gates of righteousness here this morning. May it be that we would uh, be held fast by uh, the stone that the builders rejected, that Jesus who has become the cornerstone, that so important stone that holds everything together. And we pray, our Father God, that uh, you will indeed hold us all together in our worship this morning. And may we gladly reflect that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. To that end, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bring you our worship. And we ask that you would be with us in every moment of this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we have read the uh, Psalm 100, or we have sung the Psalm 100 this morning. We're coming to read uh, the Psalm uh, uh, with one another. And then we'll look at what the psalm has to say to us as God would reflect himself through this scripture. So I'm going to read God's word, Psalm 100. And the title of it is A Psalm for Giving Thanks. This is God's word. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. And we know that God will bless the reading of Holy Scripture, for we know that it is true. Boys and girls, um, going back to the books of the Bible, and I've got, uh, well, we'll see how time goes this morning, but uh, this is the first one coming up, and hopefully, um, do I just pre press? That's, uh, the color's not good, but anyway, um, Hopefully you'll be able to see that okay. Uh, oh, it's much better up here than, than uh, in that one there. Well, what do you see? Yes. You see a beach. That's well done. Yeah, that's, uh, you're correct. Uh, what else do you see on the beach? Or what else do you see? Yes. You see a donkey... Now, would you, know, would you know another name for a donkey? Well, now you see, you're so, so near. It's, uh, you're right, it's made out of sand, but 
Another name for a donkey. Would you know another name for a donkey? No, 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 no. You're, you're on the right, you're on the, not a foal, it's a, not a horse, something begin with M, would that be a help? Yes, a mule, okay, so what book of the Bible do you think this is? So we've got, and what else do you see in, in the picture? So, did you say soul? How did you know? How did you say? How did you know it was soul? So you see a king. You see a king because he's got a crown on, and. In the king, there's a heart, but do you, do you see what's on the heart? What's, what's on the heart? And what does that mean? If you see that on the road, what does it mean? It means a sort of a no entry, doesn't it? You can't go there. So this heart is covered with a sign, don't go there, can't get in. All right? Now, the book of the Bible is, He's so near it. Yes. It's not Sam. No. So you've got you've got a, a mule and you've got it made out of sand. Sand. So it's and there's only one. So it's first Samuel. First Samuel. First Samuel. Okay. First Samuel and it's about King Saul. King Saul uh, appears in uh, 1 Samuel and uh, he is chosen by the, the people of Israel. They, they wanted a king because all the, the other nations around about Israel uh, were, had their own kings and Israel wanted to be like them. And uh, So they said, God, give us a king. And Saul came here to be their king. But Saul, you see, didn't have a heart for God. He didn't obey God at all. Um, and so we'll find out, you know, in that book that um, they rejected Saul. Saul was killed and God gave him another um, king and that was King David. Saul was very angry and he wanted uh, to kill David. David often had to run and hide in the wilderness, of course, and from time to time he would have written psalms that we have in the book of Psalms, and he, he uh, wrote those in the wilderness. So uh, Saul had a, a, a son called Jonathan, and Jonathan and David were very, very good friends. But Jonathan and Saul were killed in a battle. And the thing I think we, we ought to be thinking about here is that Israel asked for something that they thought they needed. Um, and sometimes we think we do need things. Like Israel thought they needed a king. And then they were... Uh, so upset that the God gave, gave in to them. Uh, and so uh, it was a king that wasn't after the heart of God. It wasn't a good king over their country. Sometimes we think we need things. And we just need to, to pause for a moment and ask God to give us the things that he wants us to have. Not the things that we want, but to give us the things that he wants us to have. Okay, so that's First Samuel. Um, we'll maybe... So, what do you see here? 
And we'll finish with, finish with this one. Yes, right? What do you see? You need a shout out. You see a king. Okay, well done. Yep. And it's a different king, isn't it, from the first one? Uh, he still has a crown on. But what else do you see in the picture? You see, well, would you think, rather than two donkeys, it's what? Two mules, okay. What else, what else has got the, um, what else has the king got? Can you give me, can you see what the king has? Yep. He has a harp, and that's going to be a big, um, hint there for us, isn't it? As to who this is going to be. Yes, right. Second Samuel is right. And David's heart is very different. David's heart is open there. It isn't, uh, there's not a big no entry sign. And so David's kingship was very different. Uh, He was a king that obeyed God. Now he didn't always uh, do the right thing. Uh, in fact, he he went so wayward at times. But whenever he came to uh, talk to God and to uh, confess to God uh, the wrongs in his life, God forgave him because God could see that he really did mean what he said. It wasn't just sorry God for doing this or sorry God for doing that. There was real sorrow in, in uh, David's heart that God uh, saw that and he wanted um, to move away from that and to clean up his life. And so God then forgave him his sin, took that sin away, and David obeyed God. But there was always a battle there in, in life And that's so true for us as well. Even though we would have a heart for God, as David has a heart for God, uh, sometimes life is very difficult and we have got decisions to make or, or, you know, go down either a couple of routes. You know, one's a right route and one's a wrong route. Uh, To think right things or to wrong things, to gossip about somebody or not to gossip about somebody or to shout out terrible words about somebody or not to we have always got the opportunity not to do something so make sure that you make the right choice Uh, David sought to obey God and when he did go wrong then he confessed that to God and uh, he was sorrow, sorry for his sin. And David, we know it's also David because he's got the harp and the harp tells us that um, he was good musically and remember the scripture says that uh, he played the harp that soothed Saul in his angry times and D- David wrote, uh, as I say, many uh, psalms that we have in the scriptures. So, Here's uh, two books, but of two very different kings. One, Saul, who hadn't a heart for God at all. His heart was blocked. He said, no, God, you can't go there. That's my heart. My way. I want my way. I want to do my things. Or David, who responded to God's love and wanted to go God's ways. And you know, boys and girls, that's the same choice that we have. Uh, that scripture gives us these examples so that we will learn from them and then choose the right road to go, choose the right route, choose the right thing to do, which is always to obey God and what he has done for us. We'll leave it at that um, for now. And We'll, uh, if I'm back again, we'll, we'll follow on from that. Well, we're going to uh, stand and sing uh, this little hymn,
Jesus loves me, this I know. And we ha- it's, it's a very succinct little hymn, but it's, it's full of meaning. How do I know it, that, that uh, Jesus loves me? Because the Bible tells me so. And the Bible is true. And that's what we, we uh, hold on to, to know that Jesus does love us. Jesus loves me, this I know. to come to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to pray for others. It is our duty, but make it our desire. We want to pray for those with medical situations this incoming week, maybe awaiting results, people going through treatment, suffering pain, maybe even coming to the evening of their lives. We pray, our Father God, that you would be with all of these folk in their need. Be with those who would care for the sick, either in hospital or at home or residential care. We want to pray that you would be with those who are suffering from COVID. Give them the strength to live each day and help them uh, as they uh, wait upon you 
and I pray that they might indeed be well soon again. And thinking about that, we want to ask that you be with our young people in school. Life is very difficult for them presently. Maybe getting used to new surroundings and, and new people in classes. Never mind having to contend with all the restrictions and the outbreaks of COVID. We ask that you be with the teachers as they um, as it causes them to have more responsibility on their shoulders. And we pray that you would just be with schools and the decisions that they make. And as we talk about decisions, we pray that you be with our governments, that you would give them wisdom and lead them and help them to act on uh, advice, uh, good advice that's given to them. We pray, our Father God, that uh, you would be uh, with uh, all who uh, have got anything to do with, with giving facts and figures to, to governments. We pray, our Father God, for the researchers, that you would be with them and, and continue just to, to help them do the things uh, that are right and proper. Today we think of all the families connected to 9-11 back in 2001. We think of the many families across the world that were involved in that awful time. We pray that you would be near uh, to all the families as they uh, think once again of their loved ones uh, taken from them in such a, a, a way. pray for uh, the Afghanistan situation and how that is still very much in our minds, still very much in our TVs and on the news and being reported and we ask our Father God that you would uh, be in that situation so that there would be peace and pray Lord for the people and pray for Christian folks in Afghanistan, that you would be with them. Our Father God, we think of um, the students going back to university uh, in these next couple of weeks. And we know that our own students in college are, uh, are back uh, last week and uh, this incoming week. Uh, more of them will be uh, joining the ranks of college and we pray uh, it will be uh, a good time for all of them help them to settle uh, in well to uh, a very busy schedule of work be with uh, the new lecturers and prof as they start and as they get to know the students and as they um, go into their classes and pray for for the whole teaching and aspect of college that you would uh, help our students apply themselves and when it comes to the practical end of ministry that they might learn much because they'll be soon be coming out into uh, congregations such as this and we pray that you, they'll be well equipped in college. So our Father God, we, we thank you for college and we thank you for the bold step that it has taken and we pray our Father God that you would uh, be uh, in all of their learning and uh, teaching uh, in these days and grant Heavenly Father that there would be men and women coming out um, of college who are godly people and that our church would be well served by uh, the ministers who are in uh, being taught at the moment. And our Father God, finally we ask that you would send your spirit among us, O God, that uh, as we come to meditate on the word of God and as we think about the sacrifice of Jesus, that you would prepare our minds to hear your word, move our hearts to accept what we hear and purify our will in joy and faith. 
And this we pray through Christ our Saviour. Amen. Uh, well, we come to look at the Psalm 100. Uh, part of what we do every Sunday morning is, is worked into the service of worship. We, we give thanks to Almighty God for a number of things. And we commence this service with some words from Psalm 118, reminding ourselves indeed of what worship uh, is about. Uh, the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love endures forever. And then we have, want to come to uh, having read and sung the more familiar Psalm 100, see what it has got to say to us. The simple title given to it is this. It's a psalm for giving thanks. It's the only psalm that's explicitly identified with such a title. But of course, it's not the only psalm that encourages us to give thanks to God. And the first question that I want uh, to ask from this passage is, how are we to worship God? And the psalm is easily broken down uh, so we can learn, be reminded what we should be doing in our worship if we are following Jesus the Saviour. The writer of the psalm tells us exactly uh, how exactly we should worship God. The psalmist explains to uh, his readers why God's people must give thanks. And then he gives a, a warm invitation to give thanks. And then finally, in this five verse psalm, finally there's a great expression of praise or thanksgiving. I wonder, have you ever been put into a situation where a friend has come to you and they have, uh, out of the, the kindness of their heart, given you uh, a prezi or done something really nice for you? And because they've done that, uh, you're then beginning to think to yourself, now, how can I repay that? How, how can I... Can I show them that, that I'm thankful for that? How can I should, I, should I do something? Should I buy something? Or should I take them somewhere? Should I take them out for a meal? And you know, then, of course, the opposite could be once we do that for somebody else, they'll do exactly the same. I know that I have a, a friend who does this exactly. If anything is done for him, uh, he will immediately think to himself, now how can I uh, do something to let these people know that I'm thankful? You know, if we give good gifts, if we know how to give good gifts, how much more our Heavenly Father uh, can do good gifts? How do we show appreciation to God? Do you know, we cannot give God anything uh, that he needs because he is absolutely perfect and he needs nothing from us. So we can't, in, in God showing his goodness to us, we can't really go out and, and buy a bunch of flowers for him. We can't give him anything because he has everything. He is perfect. So how do we worship God? In verses 1 to 3, we have three ways to give God thanks. He says, uh, the NIV says, Shout for joy to the Lord, or, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. The English version, standard version, puts it this way. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And if we were to combine these two translations, it may well be that we get the, the best um, understanding of what uh, has been said here in Psalm 100. Uh, a, a joint translation would be, make a glad shout. 
And it's the sort of shout that you get when you're in London and you're at Buckingham Palace and the Queen comes out onto the balcony and the, the crowds of people are up the, the, the streets there in front of Buckingham Palace and stretching out over the parks and one thing or another. The crowd is massive. And when they see that the Queen is coming out, what's the response? It is a, a glad shout to the Queen so that she knows that she's loved, so that she knows that here are people who adore her, people who are her subjects, people who are glad uh, to have her as, her as their Queen. So we make it known by the, the glad shout that the Queen knows uh, that she is loved and respected and that we would obey her. Now, as Presbyterians, probably we don't do that uh, when we come to worship. We don't gladly shout uh, in, in worship time. But there ought to be a gladness in the hearts of the people of God as they come to worship, as we pour out our praise and love, not just to any earthly monarch, but this is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. This is the God who has brought creation into being. This is the most perfect God that we have. And we come with that gladness in our hearts. And when there's gladness in our hearts, then, you know, um, when we do come to worship, we can allow our faces to, to express that uh, rather than having a frown when we're, we're singing, to relax and know that uh, what we do is a good thing. Uh, and to know that we are uh, glad to be in, in the company of others to sing the praise of God. And if we look closely at the first two verses, we see the repeti repetition of the, the emphasis of gladness, uh, a joyful noise, serve with gladness, come with singing, with joyful songs. There, there's no doubt we can't miss the message here that the psalmist wants to uh, convey to us the people of God described in this psalm are a very happy, joyful, contented people with God. And they can come and worship joyfully. So shout for joy to the Lord. Let them know because of the gladness in your heart that you are joyfully worshipping him. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And this line is a great reminder of how it should be for us. We come to worship God. and Many think that, that worship is about, about ourselves. It's about us coming into the presence of God and, and nearly uh, being an adult league of church loyalty. God will see us at church this morning and he, up in heaven, he will look at the roll and he'll mark us present on the 12th of September. And then he'll maybe not, you're not here, so he'll put a big X against your name. That's not what worship is about. Your worship is not to be noticed that, that you're here. Your worship is to bring a heart that is full of thankfulness to God, it's, it's not about you being here and God noticing you. It's you being here, pouring out the very best that you can do so in your songs of worship, in your prayer, even though it's been led by someone here in the pulpit or uh, somewhere else in the church, that you are part of that prayer time. That when you are reading the scriptures, you're reading with the scriptures and you're pondering over that in your own hearts. And so uh, it is the response 
that we have not that we want God to notice. As the commandment says, you have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down to another God. And we are reminded in the commandments that God is a jealous God. Spurgeon says, says this, our happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature, his acts, and the gratitude which we should cherish for his mercies. So the emphasis is on us in one way, in that our hearts need to be prepared and to be offering up to God the very best that we have and a contentment and a happiness as we come to worship God. We shouldn't be thinking, oh, I've got to go to church again this morning. This ought to be a joy to come to and to join with others and to raise your voices in appreciation of what God has done for you since last we met together. The first question in the catechism is this, what is man's chief end? And man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And this is why we exist. We are to uh, enjoy, glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Do you enjoy God? Is that the question you ought to be going away with this morning? Do you enjoy God? That's part of our worship. That's how we ought to worship. The second way that we should give thanks is serve the Lord with gladness. Exactly the sentiment of Paul writing to the church of Rome, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, uh, brothers, as by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And it's always good to come to that verse and to remind ourselves of where our relationship with the Lord is at this moment. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There is no gap here in the, in the meaning of what we are on a Sunday morning and what we are on a Monday morning when we go to work. We are to uh, live unto God. We are to present our, our bodies as a, as a living sacrifice. And it's a spiritual uh, worship throughout the week, not just on a Sunday. What we are before God in worship is what we are before God in our work. And there's no sense of having a, a lesser attitude towards God on a Sunday morning than there is to have on a Monday morning. Our service, as Jesus puts it, is to be aware of the one who is hungry, who is thirsty, who is the stranger within your gates, the sick and the one who is in prison. Those are the areas of service. Uh, Jesus was making comment on about, uh, in, uh, as he spoke in Matthew 25. And the, the righteous person, the right person, will question, when did I see you when you were hungry? When did I see you and you were uh, thirsty? When did I see you and you were naked? When did I see you and you were the stranger within our gates? And Jesus said, as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Service is something that we do for others, not giving thoughts to ourselves. Service is being joyful. If we bring them together, then we are uh, joyfully worshipping God and, and bringing the very best to God in, in everything that we do. Unfortunately, modern age says, I, I can't really do that because it's, it's putting me out. I can't really be at that church meeting because I've got to do something else. Or I can't be at the prayer meeting because I'm, um, I'm busy some something else. 
it doesn't benefit me, then it's not going to be done. And that is coming into the church, into Christian people, and saying, if it doesn't suit me, I, I won't do it. Sorry. I, I'm only, I can only do Sunday mornings. We can shout. We can serve. I wonder, do we serve? And we can come in the second part of verse 2. This refers to worship in the context of the psalm. The, the people of God are coming to Jerusalem and to the temple. And we come to thank God by serving him as we serve and do for others. But never forget that faith and works always go together. To do one without the other is a disservice to God. Social gospel is not enough. We're into social distancing, but sometimes we're into social uh, gospel and saying, well, I'm not a good speaker, but I'll do this. Just to do that act on its own doesn't really explain why you're doing it. And so it does need your words Simple words as can explain as to why you're doing it. So we can't have a silent belief. It does need the word along with the act. We need to serve the Lord with, with gladness. We can shout, we can serve, we can come and serve why must we give God thanks well if we're going to be effective witnesses for God in this community the psalmist suggests that we should know why we come together week by week to sing and to pray and to read the scriptures and he gives two reasons why we give God thanks first of all he says God is our creator and secondly he is our Redeemer, in verse 3. And he made us, and we are the people of uh, his, and the sheep of his pasture. And in stating that God is our creator, we are saying that we are dependent on, on him for absolutely everything that he provides with us day by day. If we state that God is not our creator, then we tend to say, well, uh, I have made this, myself and I am in the control of my own destiny I am a self-made person I am the one who provides for my family I'm the one who gets the money I'm the one who gets the goods and so when we begin to talk in that particular way our things become important and God is eased out of our lives we become people puffed up with our own self-importance. So the psalmist turns this totally around and he gives us some right thinking on the subject. And he suggests for us to think and believe that our God is the creator of all things and we should submit to that. Know that the Lord, he is God. There's no... Uh, there's no... Uh, chance other meaning uh, other meaning than that know that the Lord he is God that's whom we come to and we come to come uh, we come to him because he is our creator and the second part of, of this thinking is that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture Knowing God as our creator, but knowing him as also our redeemer, the one who has bought us back, that's what the redeemer does. He buys back what was his in the first place, but was lost for a time. And he buys it back so that he can own it again. That comes with a price. And this is what we are thankful for. The plan that he had was costly to him, but so right for us. We were in a place where we could do nothing for ourselves. 
All our righteousness, as the scripture says, was as filthy rags. We need the righteous robes of Jesus to cover us. And so the Father, uh, to accept us, sent his Son, Jesus, into this world. We, like sheep, had gone astray. We had run every particular way. And as uh, Psalm 23 uh, says, uh, it is all about the relationship that David had with God. The Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus in the New Testament, in John 10, says very clearly, I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if there's no other reason for us this morning to be thankful, the very fact that he is our creator, the very fact that he is our redeemer, should bring out a response from any thankful sinner that his heart can be made clean and that he is bought back by the precious blood of Jesus who went to the cross of Calvary. Our sin is not cast up against him, uh, uh, against us if we are uh, belonging to Jesus, belonging to the Father. The price has been paid by the one and the only Saviour, the Son of God, Jesus, the Good Shepherd. So there are ways to be thankful. We can shout, we can serve, we can come. We can, why must we give God thanks? Because he is our creator and because he is our redeemer. And then moving on to the very uh, end of the psalm, we find there's something for all of us here. There's an invitation to thank God. He says, enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And this is a, a beautiful thing God has done for us. When we come to him through Christ, we do not do this in isolation of one another. Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. We are being brought together to be a unit, to be united through Christ, to enter his courts.